Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. 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 Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? I'm sorry, I gotta go. I'm gonna be late for band practice. Okay, see ya. To listen to this show, find us on 4eyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And just as a heads up, the episode we are discussing today, which is another Marvel Rising episode, is available on Marvel HQ's YouTube and Disney+. Plus. So if you saw the title and weren't sure where you could watch that before you listen along, that's where you can find it. Yes, yes, you can. Just want to say that when you asked the spider sense tingling, I didn't seriously consider it. Before a split second, I was considering just like screaming into the microphone. <laughs> you need to come with like a, a pillow or a or a blanket or something that you can yeah. scream into, and then you could pull that out. That's that's how he did the howl um, at the end of that one episode. Oh. So I howled into a blanket. That would defeat the purpose of, like, deafening everybody with, like, a sonic boom scream. So, because that's, that's the point. So, yeah, you know, yeah. figure just best to not do that for, like, podcast listeners because that's an important part of podcasts is listening. So I guess. I mean, if Doreen can be a superhero without hearing, I'm sure people can enjoy our podcasting without hearing, right? It's a one, one-to-one comparison. Uh-huh. Yep. Perfect analogy. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. So we're talking about Marvel Rising again. <laughs> we just wanted to do a little different as we, you know, we all know, y'all know by now you listen to our show. We do little breaks in between like the big seasons of like serialized shows. You gotta. We'll throw out different, either older shows that aren't serialized or like, like in this case, just like different specials and Marvel Rising, Spider Gwen's a character or Ghost Spider or Gwen Stacy, whatever you want to call her. Mm-hmm. She's a character and she's featured in a number of them, but she's only like highlighted in, in like a handful of them that, that exists now. So we're just doing the next Spider-Gwen-centric Marvel Rising special. Uh, if you want to listen back to our Halloween episode, that wasn't really a Halloween episode, episode 19, called A Spooky Ghost Spider Halloween. That's where we first did our Marvel Rising episodes with background information and stuff like that. This time, we're just diving into uh, the, 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 the next one. There's no background or production stuff. It's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting stuff, but we've done it. We've done it. What's curious about this or mysterious about this is I have no idea if we'll ever talk about Marvel Rising again, because I have no idea what the future of Marvel Rising has in store. I think the last thing to come out was in 2019, and I don't think there's any sort of announcements or anything we're anticipating, so I'm not really sure. Yeah, I I don't know. We could always she's in other ones, so we could always do yeah. like a Patreon like bonus episode just talking about the ones that she's like a minor character in just for fun. Yeah, but for like sure. as a main feed regular episode, yeah, this is the last one right now that's like a ghost spider centric Marvel Rising and who knows if there's ever going to be any more. I don't know. Impossible to say at this time. 
Yep. But I hope there are more because I like these. I I, gen- I generally enjoy them. I don't think they're they're never never. We've covered three of them, right? But I'll still say whatever. They're never like the meatiest or the most complicated things that we watch. They're probably never going to fall on my favorite. But they're they're kind of perfect for these in between palate cleanser things because I think they're always fun. They are. They're fun and cute. And I do wish that it was just like a show that people could watch because like no, so few people are really going to know that like, I mean, kids are on apps and stuff. I guess it's not that hard for like people to discover something like this, but there's so much Marvel content out there that it's so easy for it to get buried. And I think that like having like a predominantly female and people of color team just doing Marvel Universe stuff mm-hmm. is, like, important and cool. And, like, it would be nice if it was just, like, out there more for kids to discover rather than just being like, yeah, we'll do a we'll do a 20-minute special every, like, four-ish months maybe. Yes. And hopefully, hopefully you find it on YouTube. Like, it's, you know, you're kind of shooting yourself on the foot. Right, exactly. Because the longer they go without committing to making this a dedicated franchise or a long-term franchise or whatever the case may be, even just committing to like a 13-episode full season order once, then the less important and actually like well-intentioned any of this feels. (laughs) Yeah. Because the whole point of it is to introduce a bunch of female characters that are diverse and different in personality and identity, and... The the goal is for people to see themselves and to to know that anybody can be a superhero. But yeah, are they, are are kids seeing them? Are they finding them? I have no idea. You know, it's uh, right. Hopefully, if they have Disney Plus, they are they are getting. You know, hopefully these are the algorithm is hopefully doing favors for this content. I don't oh, yeah. know what the algorithm is. No, and it's like. Of course, this stuff isn't going to be like super meaty because they don't have much time. It's yeah. like an episode, like a special like this, which is just the length of a regular episode of a cartoon. It would be a nice, fun little standalone of a show. Like, I think it's fine like that, but that's all they're really able to do because they don't have mm-hmm. any time to do anything else. And it's like, you could have meatier stories if it was a full show. And I feel like, even if they're never saying it, I feel like the writers on this their goal would be to eventually have a show that's like a hit later. I would later. think so. <laughs> I feel like that's what they would want. So it's like, yeah, it does. It does feel like it's sort of like a no. It's a no win situation because it's sort of like you can, if you're gonna criticize the content of it for not being like ha- having enough depth, then you have to like give it a chance to like have more room to have depth. But if you're not gonna give it more room to have depth and like success in the first place because it already like it's there's no way there's just no way for it to win if you're not yeah. gonna give it a shot so yep. yep yep i don't know whatever that's a downer this is fun i don't want it to be a downer i was gonna say i i like this episode still though so i i let's change gears and dive into it because i think there's a lot of fun stuff here yeah yeah and ultimately i want more of it so all of all of that to say we're sad because we would like more of it please <laughs> It could stand on its own for sure. Yep. So we're talking about Marvel Rising Battle of the Bands. And I know we had at least one person ask uh, if we were going to do this. And I was excited somebody asked, to be honest, because I think these are are fun and popcorn-y. So so this is the one we're talking about today. You can watch it all just as one episode on Disney Plus. Then I think YouTube probably has it broken up. But in any case, super easy to digest. The synopsis for this one comes from YouTube. And it is as follows. 
On the day of Gwen's Battle of the Bands competition, mysterious attacks force her and the secret warriors to investigate. Can they save the city and get Gwen to the concert on time? Wow, surprisingly uh, coherent. Because <laughs> uh, the one on IMDb. Oh, God. It was, it wouldn't have even been fun. It was like longer than the entire episode oh, was. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the original air date for this was August 28th, 2019. It was written by May Cat. She also wrote the Marvel Rising special Operation Shuri, which I think was the one after this. But in addition to that, she also wrote on Young Justice, Transformers Cyberverse, and most recently on the Queeby horror series, 50 States of Fright. You know, I, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I really regret not getting the like 90 day free trial of Quibi. Not because I want to support Quibi necessarily, because I hate the model that they're trying to build. Yeah. But... Because 90 days, I probably would still have it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's true. Like 90 days was a long freaking trial. And every time I see like another thing from Quibi that I'm like, I probably would enjoy that if I watched it. I just feel immense regret. And a horror anthology series, or or not anthology, but just a horror series written by the same person who wrote, you know, Ghost Spider stuff and Shuri stuff. I would check that out. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm so mad I didn't get my 90-day free trial of Quibi. Have you seen the Golden Arm stuff that was like- I want to watch that so bad. Sam Raimi did that. Like, that was a Sam Raimi series Uh, of shorts. And it looks amazingly horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sure it'll- Eventually, Quibi's going to die. Yeah. Or kid- Wait, it's Quibi. Quibi? Quibi. Quibi. Eventually it's going to die and it'll all end up on YouTube anyway. So it's inevitable. I sure hope so. Because <laughs> there is, there's not a lot of stuff I would watch on there. And by by time alone, like actual runtime content, there's very little I would want to watch on there to justify buying it. But uh, I would hate for all these things people are creating to just disappear into the ether after Quibi inevitably dies. So yeah. Inevitably. Hopefully I get to watch your horror show, May Cat, because I'm I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> this episode was directed, or this special, it's a special episode, whatever you want to call we'll it. We'll use them both, probably. Yeah. It's uh, directed by Chris Rutkowski. He also directed that Operation Shuri short, in addition to the Secret Warriors special, and an episode of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. Hey. Those are his only directing credits, because he's mostly a storyboard artist on stuff, but... He's a storyboard artist on a lot of stuff and a lot of big name stuff, uh, including, yes, including Gargoyles, pretty much every 90s to early 1000s Disney afternoon and or one Saturday morning show. He is a storyboarder on Kim Possible, King of the Hill, Bob's Burgers, a bunch of Scooby-Doo shows and movies, that Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters show that Victor Cook worked on. And speaking of him, the Spectacular Spider-Man as well. Okay, all right. Work, Chris Rakowski. <laughs> a lot of stuff in there that I already like uh, and some stuff that I I already know I will inevitably watch. So, awesome. Yeah. There are a couple characters that we haven't talked about before that are in this, one of which I believe is introduced specifically for this. I would be shocked otherwise. And one that isn't introduced in this special, but we haven't talked about because they weren't in the first two that we spoke about. So I think she's introduced in the, in the special that came out directly before this one, I believe, because that's the one called Heart of Iron. So I'm yeah. assuming it's that one. 
<laughs> it, yeah, and it doesn't. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that one's entirely about her. I've I've watched all the ones that don't that aren't specifically like Spider Gwen oh. or Ghost Spider specific ones. Okay, so I've seen that one, but we've never talked about it. So so we'll talk about the voice actress here because she's very talented, um, and the character is exciting. So this is Ironheart, who is also known as Riri Williams, and she is portrayed by Sophia Wiley. Sophia Wiley is originally a dancer and still a dancer. A lot of her content, even for television, is still dance-centric. She's largely a product of the Disney Channel, although I think she was probably on Nickelodeon first, if I remember correctly. Hmm. Uh, She was a main supporting character named Buffy on Andy Mack, which I have not seen, but was very interested in watching after I looked this up and was very, very upset. I, I get it, but I'm also very upset to learn that the vast majority of the show is not available on Disney Plus and probably never will be because one of the adult actors from that show is an absolute piece of shit. And so Disney's like, well, I guess we're just not going to put it on Disney Plus, which I have many conflicted feelings about that we don't necessarily need to get into. But that show was doing very good things and progressive things for Disney, not necessarily progressive things for the rest of the world, but for Disney and some of the the more significant episodes just aren't on Disney Plus because of the shitbag adult actor. That's such a bummer. Um, and I'm really bummed that I can't go back and watch that easily with the service that it should be on. So yeah, because I've I've <sighs> heard from a lot of adults that are sort of like, oh yeah, that was sort of like the kids show that I was still okay with watching because it's really good. So yeah. I've never seen it myself, but I've only ever heard good things about it. Yeah. So it's a bummer. So bummed. So bummed. I, I spent a lot of not a lot of time. I spent a decent little chunk of this afternoon being pissed at this guy uh, for what he did more so. But also just for the fact that it resulted in in Disney trying to basically like bury the show that was doing cool shit. So yeah, whatever. I mean, part of that frustration is Disney, but obviously the guy sucks. So whatever. Back to this person who doesn't suck, Sophia Wiley. She also starred as Mia in the Disney Channel web series Shook, which is entirely available on YouTube. I watched a little bit of that. It looks cool, I guess. Uh, it's it's actually kind of the same format as these Marvel Rising shows or Quibi content, where it's like very bite-sized, like 10-minute episodes of a, hmm. of a show. And she's currently a main cast member named Gina on Disney Plus's high school musical, The Musical, The Series. Oh, okay. And we will hear her again reprising her role as Riri on the current Marvel Spider-Man series. So, spoiler alert, Riri will appear. (laughs) Neat. Neat. Yeah. We also get a character named Screaming Mimi, a.k.a. Melissa Gold, a.k.a. I learned is also or currently named Songbird in the comics. (laughs) And she's voiced by Tara Strong, who's a legend. And I'm certain we've talked about her before because we've covered the show before, but she's the voice of Mary Jane Watson in this show, in Ultimate Spider-Man, and in the Lego Marvel Superheroes video game series. Also a total coincidence, but she voices a character named Mary Jane on the Bill and Ted cartoon from the 90s. Hmm. Is it a coincidence? I don't know. Maybe it's destiny. Whoa. Whoa. Cool. Well, this episode opens with Ghost Spider racing to attend a Mary Jane soundcheck, but ultimately showing up right as they finish, as Spider-Man people, Spider-People often do, just being late to things. Mm -hmm. So her bandmates are like, why are you never here? You're never here for practice. You never practice in the first place. You're always late to stuff. What's going on? While they're doing that, uh, another band arrives, which is going to be their rival band uh, in this battle of the bands that 
is the titular Battle of the Bands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this band is Screaming Mimi and the Thunderbolts. Which... Huh. I wonder who they could be. <laughs> I didn't know the name Screaming Mimi, but the Thunderbolts kind of tipped me off. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. It's it's fun because especially because this is sort of like tenuously yeah. in a Marvel universe. Like it doesn't like it references a lot of Marvel stuff, but like who. Like the characters that exist are sort of like am, am, ambiguous um, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, so it's fun that it's sort of like this. They're probably never going to do a Thunderbolt storyline, yeah. so why not just have the little reference to them? This is their version of Thunderbolts. It's fun. You know what cool. I'm realizing? This show would probably drive like really, really sort of like detail oriented, meticulous continuity nerds like absolutely bonkers. Oh yeah, because calling a band that otherwise has no display on screen of being the Thunderbolts would drive them nuts. Like, no, they are the Thunderbolts. And they're like, (laughs) it's just a nerd reference. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they're probably already mad that there's women in the show anyway. So they're probably even going to pay attention to that. (laughs) Fair point. (laughs) They're not watching it. (laughs) So Gwen's phone uh, is starting to like blow up while her friends are like chastising her for, for not, committing to her commitments and glory is like when you better promise to be here for this battle of the bands like you have to promise to be here she's like yeah sure totally it's cool everything's fine everything's fine everything's totally fine totally fine (laughs) totally totally fine which never means things are fine because what she ends up doing is going back to the secret headquarters for the secret warriors just as her teammates are finishing up a training exercise that she was supposed to be at which is basically like dodgeball but dangerous and ray sean is like where were you? Which is exactly the same thing that just happened at, at the sound check. So she misses the sound check. She misses training. And everybody's basically just mad at her. Not even like mad at her, but just like, come on. Like, Gwen, where you, where you been? Yeah. Gwen does tell them about the Battle of the Bands because she says, I was at a sound check. And as one might expect, Doreen freaks out and is like, that's the most exciting thing I've ever heard. We should all go. And there are a couple other people, I think, like Kamala Khan and America are both like, I've never been to a concert. That's exciting. So they all agree to go, which is very adorable. Yeah. And and I like that. And it's it, I think it's especially adorable because we saw early on that this version of Gwen Stacy is very similar to the recent version of Gwen Stacy we've been getting, who is very very hesitant to make friends based on what happened to her best friend. So the fact that like, they're all really excited to go see her do something and she like, doesn't put up a fight about it. That warms my heart. Um, So that's very, very cool. Unfortunately. Remember Kevin? Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Ghost, spider, and Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, before she can share the details of the battle of the band, she gets a text then from her dad asking her to pick up some dry cleaning and she once again is like, oh, shoot, I got to go. And they're just sort of like, okay, I guess we'll figure it out. Bye. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, she's swinging around the city. She reflects on how she disappoints everyone. And she's disappointed everyone she knows in one day. So very, a very spider person uh, reflection so to have. So spidery. So much. Um, <laughs> but her reflection is interrupted by the sound of an explosion. So... She sees a bunch of I-beams plummeting toward the street and a crane beginning to fall nearby. It's, you know, you've, you've seen it before. <laughs> you've seen these action sequences oh, before. Yeah. So she calls the Secret Warriors to back up because it looks like it's going to be a pretty intense amount of destruction. And they come and save the day and, you know, that they do their superheroing stuff. Yeah, yeah. They There are a lot of action sequences. Well, there's a lot of rescue sequences uh, in this in this special. 
and this is probably the one that has the least going on. Ultimately, it's a crane falling, so like they're all chipping in. Like there's not a lot of stuff going on. They just get it back up there. So the one thing that is kind of different or notable about this is that Squirrel Girl being hilarious is like pitching that they should have like a roll call or like announce like a like a a catchphrase for when they're showing up to the scene. And I think it's uh I think it's 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 either America or Ironheart. I think it's Ironheart who's like, or maybe we shouldn't because we're the secret warriors and we're supposed to be secret. It's good. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> Everything Squirrel Girl does is my favorite. She's oh, so she's funny. she's like on fire on the special too. Oh. She's so good. She's hilarious. Yeah. And I really like that this team, like, they're all friends and they all love each other, but it doesn't mean that there's, like, no conflict or anything. Like, I, like they're still different enough personalities that they still sort of come into, like, minor fun conflict like mm-hmm. this. Like, their personalities clash, but, like, in nice ways. But it's never, like, I feel like it's really easy to do a team or ensemble th- story where they just, like supposedly like each other but they all kind of seem to hate each other all the time or just openly hate each other i mean we have we have multiple movies about i mean the the whole like avengers mcu movie hinged on the fact that they kind of actually hated each other and had to get over it you know these characters genuinely like each other right because like obviously you can do a good story where they openly hate each other is that the first avengers movie is really good like i think it's good because of that because they and they play it out really well but it's not the only way to do it yeah, but I think it's, like, an easy way out for some writers because then it's, like, automatically generating a lot of conflict. They also must have to work a little bit harder to make the conflicts around them bigger if they all like each other. And so it's a little bit more of a challenge. And I think you can sometimes get even more interesting stories out of it. Yeah. Well, I think the stakes end up being higher if they genuinely like each other. I think it ends up feeling more like a friendship if they actually like each other and their conflicts are often silly or don't totally ruin their dynamic so when something does kind of get in the way it actually feels significant as opposed to expected like i think it there's a great benefit in doing it the way that this show is doing it yeah so they do end up successfully reattaching this crane to its mount i have no idea how cranes are mounted but i guess welding works sure and that's what they do so They end up sort of doing their, like, post-disaster cleanup processing and discover that folks who were nearby to it can't hear them. And they presume that they experienced some sort of temporary hearing loss as a result of the loud explosion. Ghost Spider notes that she heard a loud boom, corroborating the story of the people that were nearby. And as if on cue, the entire group then hears another boom in the distance. (laughs) Yep. After Ironheart scans the city, she discovers the location of that second boom. And so the secret warriors set off. They uh, discover a train that has been derailed by this boom. So once again, they team up for another rescue sequences to save civilians and repair the damage. You know what I like about these rescue scenes? Mm -hmm. I guess this kind of goes with what you were saying about like their dynamic is actually friendly and they have conflicts, but they're the type of conflicts you might expect from friends. These these action sequences, which I think in a lot of other properties would just be like, bad guys are here. We're going to punch and beat things up. Almost all the action sequences, except for the one that really sort of demands it, are rescue sequences. And they're accompanied by like uplifting music and scenes of the heroes helping people. Like it's kind of refreshing (laughs) to see like superheroes doing like kind of like – 
I'm going to say corny Superman stuff, but like good Superman stuff. Like the joke mm-hmm. is that Superman rescues a cat from a tree, but like that's wholesome and that's I what like makes them it. great. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a lot of what these superheroes are doing in this episode. It's just like disasters are happening. We must help people. Yeah. Which does they, they, they make jokes about it, but it is kind of hilarious that like they're the secret warriors, but they actually would be benefit from being like out in the public because mm-hmm. they're kind of like really inspirational heroes yeah. more so than a lot of the actual major public heroes are. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. We get a couple cool things from this this second disaster. This is something that I don't know that you would appreciate if you didn't watch other Marvel Rising ones, especially the early ones. But Rayshon makes a joke to Doreen or Squirrel Girl and says, stop being such a secret worrier. And the, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because Rayshon has a stick up his butt most of the time. And yeah. so she's super thrilled that he's making a joke while they're headed to a disaster. <laughs> We also see Inferno and Ironheart working together to weld the broken tracks, kind of like they were at the crane. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess that's just they do cool things in different combinations. So I think that was kind of cool to see. And then we see Ghost Spider doing more spidery things by saving a bunch of passengers when they fall out of the train that America is holding up. They work well together. They do, yeah. So, as before, none of the witnesses have, uh, or all of the witnesses, I should say, have temporarily lost their hearing. But Ghost Spider does manage to still, like, figure out that they didn't see anything. So, they're like, okay, they just heard a boom. What does that mean? So, they're trying to figure out what, like, what the connection or the pattern is. And the interesting tidbit that Inferno and Ironheart both piece together is that there's no residue of any kind left over. So, the booms can't be explosive, which leads Squirrel Girl to figure out like, oh, they must be a Sonic. And then it explodes. Uh, there's another <laughs> explosion. So some kind of Sonic boom explode, like literal Sonic boom, not just yeah. like the the boom that you hear, but like an actual explosion Sonic boom is happening. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I was joking before we were recording that Inferno barely talks in this. And that is very true. But I like that Inferno is the one who first proposes Like, these probably aren't explosions, or at least they're not, like, incendiary or fire-based explosions. And that's just from his his experience. Mm -hmm. It's I like that they include that because it, it, you know, like, Inferno is not the most exciting character. So they give him things to do here and there, and that's nice, I guess. It's something that Ironheart could have just figured out. So it's, like, a way (laughs) to allow him to say a thing every ten minutes. It's so funny because he's legit (laughs) just, like, the token boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, right, because Patriot's, like, their team leader, and then, like, we also have Inferno. He's here, too. <laughs> right, because you are, and you even already have, like, the strong and silent type with America, where it's clearly mm-hmm. almost, like, play that for comedy sometimes. So it's, like, you can't have another person that never talks. So it's pretty much just, like, oh, um, oh, yeah, he's here. Shit. Um, <laughs> let him figure out the fire thing. Yeah, okay. No, oh, he's he's done for the day. He, fit, he, did, he yeah. contributed something. Yeah. <laughs> and just so you know, like, if you're only watching these because because we're talking about them. Inferno does have role, like a like more significant role in other Marvel Rising specials. I was wondering. <laughs> Just not this one. <laughs> and and not most of them. <laughs> he's a fire guy. He does fire stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so he's he's there too. It's cute. He gets a line. <laughs> Good job. Good job. You, you earned your treat today. Yeah. They do show him doing things though. So he's still they, you know, he's sure. not like left at home or whatever, I guess. But <laughs> 
sure. <laughs> His voice actor might be left at home for yeah, a chunk of right? the day, it seems like. Yeah, but <laughs> for real. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our spectacular and up patrons, Gemma Nicole, Katie, and Joe. If you would like to join our Patreon, we have a ton of great bonus content waiting for you. We have our Spider Bites, where we talk about pretty much whatever we want in the Spider-Man universe, such as comics, like the current Miles Morales series, and classics like Craven's Last Hunt. Sometimes we do deep dives into Spider-Man stuff, like our miniseries on the unmade Spider-Man movies. Or we spin off into other topics, like the Blade movies or the Firestar comics. Sometimes we'll do some bonus content just because we happen to have it, like Peaks Behind the Curtain or how we make certain episodes. And if you join us at the $5 Spectacular level, you also get access to our After Dark commentaries, where we let loose and talk about shows that aren't Spider-Man related without a filter. Shows like Gargoyles, Batman Beyond, Muppet Babies, and more. Ultimately, these are the types of things that we're going to talk about anyway, so recording it and making it available on Patreon is our way of saying thank you so much for supporting this show and letting us do the types of things we really want to do. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate that too. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. So after, yeah, after Squirrel Girl says it's a boom and they hear a boom, they actually end up being hit with a sonic wave. So it's not just that they're hearing it from afar this time. They're like on location for whatever it is that is happening. Some of the secret warriors seem to be affected by the boom and mainly long term. It just seems like it's Squirrel Girl because it's hilarious. But most of them are are sort of like hardly affected or not affected at all. Like in the case of Ironheart and Rayshawn, who basically say like, yeah, no, that didn't. We have we have helmets, so Mm -hmm. we're fine. I really thought that it was going to be a plot point that, like, they lose their hearing and then, like, can't hear Gwen play or she loses her hearing and so, like, has a hard time playing or something. I really thought that, too. I I was fully expecting that to be a thing because that would be devastating. I mean, she just made this promise to her band as sort of like a last and final straw type of promise. And then she, what, can't even hear? Like, <laughs> But I guess like what I was expecting, I don't know what you were expecting or how you were expecting it to resolve with that expectation, but I was expecting that too. And I figured like maybe like how they move forward superheroing is going to allow her to still play somehow like with like, I don't know, uh, like feeling the sound or vibrations or something like I was like, I don't know where this is going, but they're really going to have to do some fun gymnastics to get her there. <laughs> or like, I don't, maybe she plays the drums. Maybe that's like the, because she sort of makes the beat, arguably. I don't yeah. know much about music, but I feel no, like. That's, that's 100% true. That like, might be like the best. If if one of your band members has to be temporarily deaf for the first time in their lives, so like mm-hmm. they, they've never coped with it before. I feel like the drums might be the best place to be at least. So like they could have still worked. That's not at all what happens in this episode, but that's what I was thinking. No, but I just, I love that you said that because I was expecting the exact same thing and trying to figure out how she was going to play. Cause you're yeah. right. I mean, it would be the easiest thing to play without being able to hear it because it's all rhythm stuff, but it would certainly pose a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So Ironheart once again scans the city for like any similar instances, and then the group splits up to address all of the disasters that are happening all over the city. Uh, America and Inferno address a bus quote unquote accident. Patriot and Miss Marvel save people from a damaged and burning high rise building. And Ironheart, Squirrel Girl, and Ghost Spider they untangle a massive car pileup. Yes. So after Ironheart, Squirrel Girl, and Ghost Spider save everybody from that car pileup. Gwen gets a text, another text from her dad saying he won't be able to make the show, which is understandable because he's a police captain and he specifically says like, it's been a crazy day at work. And she, she gets it. She's like, of course, like the the whole freaking city is falling apart. <laughs> and then right after that news, <laughs> she gets a call from Glory. And this is, this is a bit more important to the story than, than the, the dad one. But I do like that they bring all those, like the two things that haven't been on screen for a while as part of the conflict. I like that they bring them both back here. But Glory is the thing that moves things forward. So Glory calls her from a bus and says, have you left yet? And Gwen's like, not really. And Glory's like, well, you need to leave now because the city is like chaos. And I'm on my fifth bus right now. So I'm like worried we're not going to get there. So just like head over there now like don't take any chances and during their conversation glory refers to the the explosions or the accidents as random and this coupled with the fact that she says she's on her fifth bus i think is what sparks an idea or like a thought in ghost spider and ghost spider is like wait a second they they probably aren't random we just need to figure out what the pattern is so she has ironheart who's been scanning the city this whole time for like the explosions make a projected map basically a hologram of the city that shows where all of the accidents have happened so far and they they figure out what the pattern is by looking at the map so the pattern ghost spider realizes that the sonic booms are cutting off all access to the concert venue where the no! battle of the bands is supposed to take place so i kind of love that this <laughs> is the like main villainous conflict right <laughs> yeah it's so funny because, yeah, because it's, it's, this isn't just like a side like, oh, she has a personal thing going on at the same time as this villain. It's like, no, it's just a really super like <laughs> a really mm-hmm. super like self-absorbed yeah, petty I villain. Love it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know what? This villain for this 22 minute special isn't trying to destroy the world. <laughs> I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, I just want my band to win Battle of the <laughs> right. Bands. Like, <laughs> right. And it's funny because it's not even that she's like a teenaged villain or anything. She's like a full-on adult woman who she pr- claims people know who she is. So like she at least expects herself to be have mm-hmm. already ha- like having a career and stuff like in music. So like she is oh, just yeah. that bitch. Oh, like yeah. that's all it is. Like <laughs> it's such a funny realization. They're cutting off access to the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. They realize this because based on the theory, Ghost Spider like is able to kind of pinpoint like all of the 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 ways that like people can get to buy all of the bands. Um, so she ac- identifies like the very last access point that people could use. I think it's a subway. Yeah. It, it looks is, is what it is. So the trio calls for the group to reconvene. Yes. So you've probably figured out where this is going. I'm certain you and I, I mean, I definitely did at this point. I did like uh, a disaster ago, I think. Like even before we saw the sound wave, I was like, I think I know what's going on here. (laughs) I mean, you could tell who the villain is from like the Uh first scene of the show. So yeah. Yeah. Um, So we end up cutting to Mimi, who we probably could have expected to see at this point. 
But Mimi is approaching the subway station that is not yet blocked off. And she's on the phone and she's yelling at her bandmates who are threatening to go on stage without her. Mimi, what have you been up to this whole time? You probably could have just been at the venue. I don't know. Um, right? Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Bad plan. Bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> But before she can go down the subway stairs, the secret warriors arrive and they don't know any better. So they're like, yo, Mimi, like you can't go down there. Something bad is about to happen. And they like position themselves to like wait for the attack that they are confident is going to happen because this is the only access point left. Right. Mimi's annoyed. And she's like, just let me through. And Ghost Spider's like, no, we can't do that. Like, that would be irresponsible. And Mimi's like, I said, let me through. And this is when Gwen's spider sense goes off, indicating that something's not right, even though they don't see the villain. And then Mimi reveals that she is, in fact, the one responsible for the sonic booms because she has sonic screaming power. (laughs) That she does. That she does. Oh, yeah, I don't even think we point. Did we point out like when we see her like performing sound check at the beginning of the episode? She doesn't even sing. She literally just like screams. <laughs> yeah, and they even joke about that because I think I think uh, I don't remember what band member it is, but I think somebody even says like, if you can call it that. Yeah. Like, because uh, I think somebody says like, aren't you the singer of or something like that? Yeah, because it's and it's not even like screamo. Like at least there's like. You could argue that there's like art to the way that like a oh, lot of like screamers scream. There very much is. That's it's, if you don't do it right, you're fucking yourself up. Right. She's literally just screaming. Yeah, she just yells. <laughs> She's just yelling nonsense into the mic. So like, it's really yep. yeah, it's really funny. Like I think the joke is that she doesn't actually have any talent. So no. <laughs> screaming is literally all she can do. <laughs> <laughs> it's in her name. Yep. <laughs> So the secret warriors confront Screaming Mimi with her powers, but struggle to reach her without like getting Sonic blasted because uh, all she has to do is yell at them. So as they are kind of struggling to get past her blast, Ironheart discovers that the choker Mimi wears is actually the source of her power. She's not like a metahuman or whatever. Unfortunately, though, Mimi creates a forced field out of her screaming powers uh, <laughs> that prevents them from getting close enough to remove that choker. I, I, I looked up what because i I looked up like is screaming mimi actually a character was she like invented for the ghost spider series or whatever because i didn't know and and she wasn't she's an established character but i looked up like what her powers were and i don't even remember what they all are because it was like so many oh god because i was surprised i was like how did she just make a force field out of screaming but i guess she has a bunch (laughs) cool okay well you know (laughs) makes her formidable Yeah, exactly. I know. I love how formidable she is to like a team of like nine superheroes or however many there are. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. seven. It's still a lot. <laughs> they're, they're all pretty powerful superheroes too. So yeah. Uh, America, especially. I One of the reasons that I think America has to like almost has to be this like brooding, strong, silent type is because America is super fucking powerful. So she almost has to just be like disinterested. Yeah. Makes <laughs> like, sense. Yeah, and I think they handle it well enough because if she's constantly displaying how strong she is, then you would begin to ask those questions. Right. And I'm I'm sure because the comics dealt with this I think a little bit, I'm sure they can also sort of write in some of those classic I'm afraid of how strong I am or I can't, you know, I'm not I haven't refined my powers yet or whatever. But this show just seems to sort of take the route of like she's generally disinterested. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which you can play for laughs too. So it's fun. That they do. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so Ghost Spider, while this is going on, flashes back to when she arrived late to the sound check and it tripped over a microphone cord and it created feedback that made everybody mad. But she realizes that she might actually be able to do that same thing, creating feedback as a counter to destroy Screen Mimi's choker. Uh, but Excuse be- me, are you talking about fighting sound with sound? Whoa. We've never seen that before in a Spider-Man series. <laughs> <laughs> a Spider-Man series we just finished covering. <laughs> in an episode that I think we did two weeks ago. So, yeah. Very Total funny. coincidence. I was, like, cracking myself up thinking about how, you know, we picked this because it was just sort of like, I mean, one, it was like an easy thing to do. It was a nice palate cleanser. It was just sort of fun. It wasn't a series. And then for it to, like, directly sort of use the same strategies (laughs) as the show we just covered from 20 years ago that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. It is funny. (laughs) It is. Yeah, it is. What a a weird coincidence. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Before they can really, like, act on that theory, though, Mimi collapses the ground below the Secret Warriors and uses her (laughs) sonic powers to just, like, fly away. Like, she generates, like, sonic wings. I have no idea. <laughs> that sounds, you don't think that's not how sound works? That's not, that's my understanding of it. I don't know. I don't know. They just like fall into a hole in the ground, like full like E.T. video game plop down and then she flies away. Also like E.T. Did you ever play this game? Oh, I played Atari's E.T. religiously. Okay, yeah. So, like, he falls in the hole and then just, like, floats up. That's pretty much what happens here. They fall in a hole, but she floats up. (laughs) Uh None of it is explained. (laughs) What's funny, though, is even in the show, they're like, I guess she can do that too. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, they don't, they, they're fully aware of how ridiculous this is. Yeah. Uh, honestly, if I, if I have one criticism, it's like what the result of like all of the heroes falling through the rubble is that like. Oh, yes, yes. Because here's the thing, here's the thing about Marvel Rising, right? Like it, it never takes itself seriously enough to warrant like really strong criticism most of the time. You know, like it, it pokes fun at itself. It, it does the thing that Marvel Cinematic Universe movies have been doing really well, which is to like fend off the like. Well, I mean, you can't really fend off angry nerds, but like they fend off the casual nerd criticism by criticizing themselves. This show does that, too. But yes, I agree with you. The one thing this does poorly in a way that it doesn't even defend itself from is the result of falling through the ground. Yeah, because it's dumb. (laughs) It's 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 like it's almost like accidentally like escalating comedy because one by one, every single member of the team who has like often immense powers are realizing how they're injured or damaged in some way, like one by one in the perfect way to make them unable to be airborne. So like, but <laughs> like um, question mark even though, because like, like you said, it's like escalation comedy. It's too perfect because you have Ironheart realizing that her suit is damaged. Right. So she looks to Patriot and Patriot's like, sorry, my hoverboard thing is damaged. So then you're like, okay, let's turn to the one person who can naturally fly for no reason. She just can. And America's like, okay, yeah, I got this. She flies like a foot above the ground and is like, oh, wait, sorry, my leg hurts. <laughs> yeah, I yes. can't fly because my leg hurts. <laughs> what? What uh-huh. does that even mean? Are you flexing your leg muscles? Is that how you fly? Right. It's ridiculous. What? 
ridiculous. It is ridiculous. <laughs> and like, yeah, and like I know the story reason that they're doing this. They like even call it out. Like, oh, that means that like Ghost Spider is the only person who can like travel quickly, which isn't even true because Kamala Khan no. can like stretch herself very tall and yeah. walk very long distances very quickly. So. What? Yeah. And I don't know enough about Inferno, but like, is Inferno the kind of fire guy that can't do that flying thing? I mean, we haven't seen him do it, so I have no reason yeah, to assume he can. I don't know. But it's even so still, funny. like, Ghost Spider's the first person you're all looking at? It's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's I like, guess, like, geez. I don't know how you fully hinder America. Like, I'm not sure. Like, that they are a little bit stuck. They almost would have had to have her in a completely different place. Because you can't, like, what do you do? Trap her under rubble? I guess you knock her out. That was all I was going to say. They could trap them all under rubble and, like, half of them are, like, knocked out. Like, it could be something. Well, just her, honestly. Yeah. So, like, you know. Because that's if, who you would turn to to help you. And if she's knocked out, you're all kind of fucked. Exactly. Like, if Screaming Mimi, like, actually, like, made an entire, like, abandoned building collapse on them. Like, that's a lot. Like, that would make sense. Oh, not even that. You know what would have been cool? Is if they turn to to America first because she's like their their tank, right? Mm-hmm. And so like envision this. I think this would even be cool. You have like the scene where like tank character tries hard to like continue tanking and is overwhelmed. So you have like America sort of like hulking over through Mimi's screaming, but it's like too much and she eventually like loses to the sonic scream because she can't you know, you, you can't muscle the sonic scream. So she's knocked out and then collapse and whatever. Like, there's yeah. there's a few ways you could knock America out, I think. Yeah. But no, she just twisted her flying ankle. <laughs> Guys, I'm her. I, can't I think fly. she was just like, this lady's kind of annoying. I'm just going to pretend I can't chase after her so I, I don't have to be the one that has to deal with it. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, right? This is stupid, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, who cares about Battle of the Bands anyway? Like, you know, like, she's she's like she's really like the Captain Marvel of the situation, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, did you all think that Thanos was the most important thing happening in the universe? Let me tell you the shit I've seen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> That's America in this situation. That's great. Cannot be bothered. <laughs> oh, God. It's fantastic. I love it. I love her, honestly. I, I hope, I really hope that this series, even even if just as specials, I really hope it continues because America really hasn't gotten, like, America content. And I don't mean that from, like, USA content. I just mean, like, stuff that's very specific to her, mm-hmm. I don't think. And I think that she deserves it. She's got a lot of interesting stuff that I don't think has ever really been maximized on. And she's a queer Latina superhero. Like, you have an opportunity here. Do it. Yep. Agreed. <sighs> yeah. All, all, all that ridiculousness is just to get us to a point where Ghost <laughs> Spider is somehow the only person who can chase after uh, It's got to be you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. They're like, you can web swing. So you can get there. And she's like, okay, but... It still doesn't work because this lady can like fly and I can just like swing on webs. So they're yeah. like, we have a solution to this. <laughs> so <laughs> they have uh, Miss Marvel like stretch out and create a slingshot to launch Ghost Spider high enough to glide in pursuit of Mimi, which is so funny because we've seen Spider-Man and Spider-People like do their own web slingshot. Right. But do that themselves. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> It's also ridiculous that I, I I enjoy it. Plus, you get you get to have the joke of Ms. Marvel having eaten too many vegan donuts, which is a fun callback to when they got vegan donuts. Yeah, which makes stretching uncomfortable. I mm-hmm. think she had 
one too many rhubarb horseradish donuts. Is that what she said? Yeah, I'm like, I Gross. mean, okay, I could see I it. Mean, you could make a savory version of it. Rhubarb isn't all that sweet on its own. No, it's actually sour and sour yeah. and horseradish. I think I could see going together pretty well if, if it's balanced right. I think you just make sure that the dough is the thing that's sort of like balancing it. And then you can do a little bit of like correction work palette wise with whatever glaze you put on it, I imagine. Mm-hmm. You could make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And they did say it's the best vegan donut place in whatever part of the city they were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so I'm sure they have experience. I could see it. And it's like sour and spicy are both really strong flavors. Mm-hmm. You could put like a, like they're both like kind of like painful flavors, but in a, <laughs> in a good way. So you could like put like a purple glaze on the donut and call it a purple nurple. Oh, yeah. damn. Yeah. I should Do have. Do you have a vegan donut place that you've been hiding from us? Uh, Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It's called Derek's Donuts. Uh, wow. That's the most creative thing you come up that's with. Great. So good. Perfect. It, you could. You could your branding could be DD and your colors could be pink and orange. Wait. I don't like get it. Dunkin Donuts. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, in any case, I look forward to going to Derek Donuts, Derek's Donuts to get a purple nurple. <laughs> yep. Oh, this one off the rails so fast. <laughs> look, the episode's short um <laughs> and we need to talk more than half an hour (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway they're slingshotting ghost spider now because she's the only one who can do it i guess (laughs) so yeah that's that's where we're at so they they do slingshot her before they actually launch her though ironheart gives ghost spider one of her gauntlets and says that it's been programmed to create a feedback loop and she says you don't even have to do anything with it just got to make sure that she hits the gauntlet. So they launch Ghost Spider after Mimi. She reaches Mimi. She slow motion kicks her out of the air and basically like eggs her on until she screams her sonic blast at Gwen, which Gwen then bounces back as we expect and destroys Mimi's choker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, she's unable to fly without her sonics because that's how it works somehow. Um, but... Yeah, she can't. I, guess, I I can't stop thinking about this though because she like she 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 like launches herself with her Sonics unless she was just doing that to be cool. Mm-hmm. But then I don't think she's just like screaming across the city while she flies. They look like fairy wings that she has on her back. Like, yeah, it's like she's like a bad version of Wasp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who it's, screams? <laughs> it's uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Squirrel Girl says that's super rock and roll, and it is. So whatever. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Superheroes are stupid. It's fine. That's why we love them. Exactly. (laughs) So. um, The show is frequently the best kind of stupid, and I I enjoy it greatly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So, but, you know, she can't fly, so she's, like, falling. Uh, She's plummeting towards the ground. But Ghost Spider catches her and glides them into a dumpster behind the concert venue where the Mary Janes are busy speculating on whether or not Gwen's even going to arrive because they're about to go on. So they land there, Ghost Spider sees the MJs, and it's about to thwip away, but she overhears the group's disappointment at Gwen's absence. Um, so Ghost Spider's like, oh shit, this is too much for me. So she actually, I didn't see this coming, she t- reveals her identity to them, like just right then and there. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more about your reaction, because I will say, having watched Marvel Rising, I knew that this must have happened at some point. Oh. But I didn't know when or what the circumstances were. So, like, when it happened, I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I didn't necessarily know this is when it was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I guess I was so I I guess it's more coming from the perspective of like this show or series of specials, it's telling so many just sort of like self-contained stories that I didn't think they would do like big things like this. Not that this is huge, but like revealing your secret identity when you haven't told literally anyone your secret identity to like three of your friends, like that is a pretty big deal. And and it sticks. I mean, it, it sticks so that I like that it comes up again later. Yeah. Like, so I knew it w- I knew it had happened. So well, it does permanently affect the universe. And I think the other side of it too is that if you're going into this knowing the knowledge of Spider-Man tropes, like that's such a common thing that Peter disappoints everyone and it's like the weird ironic twist that he can save the day mm-hmm. but then like messes up his life and everybody's disappointed in him and hates him for it. So it's sort of like it's a nice subversion of that like really quickly and kind of it's it's not totally out of nowhere. Like it's all set up but like the setups normally happens in a regular Peter Parker Spider-Man story <laughs> and doesn't pay off like that. So it's fun that the setup was exactly the same, but instead of it ending in a da- on a downer like it normally does for Peter, for Gwen, she's just like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, it's fine if they know. So yeah. You know, I, I, I don't dislike the stories that have superheroes like hiding their identity for the safety of others because I do think that's like a real thing. But I also love the fact that Miles... And Gwen Stacy's Spider-Woman basically have just been like, fuck it. No, that's stupid. I'm telling the people I love, Peter. Like, you're just making your life harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you've spent 50 years doing this and it's stupid. So we're just not gonna. Right. Because it's like, you know... I get not putting your face on TV for everybody, but like, yeah. just tell the, tell your yeah. loved ones who probably would benefit from knowing and being in the loop. Like, just do yeah. it. Just, it's just fine. Like, they'll and, be fine. And we know he does. Before you come for us, we know he does. But I just love that, like, they're doing it as like fifteen-year-olds, and it took him like growing up and getting married and all. Like, yeah, it's not like, like a that. staple of Spider-Man stories for him to reveal his identity. Yeah. A lot of times, you can you can go, uh, you could have an entire Spider-Man show where he never does it and be like mm-hmm. that makes sense the fact that they're doing this pretty early in their superhero careers is yeah. what's sort of is what's so notable and doing yeah. it and it's not i was when when the scene was happening i was like feeling like oh maybe this is leading up to like a thing where she's forced to reveal her identity somehow with them the, mm-hmm. but the fact that like it doesn't go that far she just lands there sees them and just makes the pretty impulsive decision to just rip her mask off yeah like the fact that it happened so quickly was what i was super surprised by but i like it because it's just like no there's enough is enough like i'm not gonna let this ruin my whole life because this is not this is clearly not working so let's find a solution well and the whole episode is set up with a bunch of people just really wanting some kind of answer and her feeling way too afraid to give it so it's kind of like the perfect perfect payoff is like her saying enough is enough and being like i'm just gonna give you the answer because it's the truth like, I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> I really dig it. I dig it a lot. Yeah, I think it's a nice twist and it makes this the ending of this episode, not that it was like dark to begin with, but it makes it end up being very uplifting in the end of mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, because basically what happens when she does this is pretty much all good things, right? Like <laughs> yeah. her her band members are like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And like 
as that's happening, the secret warriors walk up. And aside from like the hilarious, you know, squirrel <laughs> girl being like, oh, hey, Gwen, I mean, ghost spider. I'm not really sure what to call you because you're only half costumed right now. <laughs> like, what's wait, which part is your secret identity now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Which part am I ruining? (laughs) And for whom? (laughs) Aside from that, like, you get her friends being like, Gwen, like, just, you can tell us. That's okay. We get it now. And you have Rayshawn being like, Gwen, like, you're part of a team. Like, we can work with this. That's fine. Like, you just got to let us know. I mean, ultimately, what it boils down to is that version of Gwen Stacy that is afraid to make friends for a very real reason. When you lose someone that close to you, it's totally understandable that you close yourself off because you don't want that to happen again. So the fact that she's making this huge move to be closer to everybody and let them in and have all of them say, it's fine. Like, thank you for just telling us. Like, you can always do that. That's such a massive thing for her. Yeah. And it's, like you said, it's really uplifting and it's really nice. Like, it very easily, if this were a series could have and probably would have ended a little less bowl-like where somebody's up, at least one person's upset or it's not as complicated or it's still sticky or mm-hmm. whatever. Very easily they could have done that because then it, it, it births other stories, more easily predictable stories probably. Sure. But this 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 one doesn't do that. It just everybody's like it's almost like one of those like oh Gwen like you could have you could have just told us yeah we were always gonna be fine with it and you're the only one who didn't know like you were beating yourself up this whole time and we would have been chill it makes it makes her friends like really likable too because it's hard because it because Gloria's had to be kind of put kind of like and MJ have both been kind of like up against her a little bit kind of almost antagonistic because they have to be because they have to be kind of posed as like a conflict for her like in yeah. something in you know in, in something in opposition to her in her way so mm-hmm. like the fact that it's just like oh we were only mad at you because we thought you were just like being flaky but like this is fine we love you you're cool <laughs> yeah i think what glory says is like like basically i don't know the exact wording but basically what she does is like we're not mad that you're missing practice because you're f- a fucking superhero we're mad because you didn't tell us. Yeah. Like you, like you were you were lying to us or whatever. Yeah. You weren't being honest. Like which is is a hard thing to ask of somebody in her situation, but like I I like the sentiment, right? Like the context in which she's saying that I think is really important to say like we're not frustrated with you now because now we know. <laughs> yeah. And it's a nice lesson for kids too. I think if this, if Marvel rising is sort of made to be uplifting and inspirational for like kids that aren't often represented in superhero media, it's a nice lesson for kids in general to just be like, you can do good things and like still like balance your life. Like you still always have to have like mm-hmm. work life balance for adults, but even for kids, like whatever responsibilities you think you have, you've also got to like, have fun and have a yeah. have a social life too. Like, don't just yeah. be one of those kids that are like always studying and never has any friends because of it. Like, you can let yourself be yeah. opened up to to other people and have it. And like, you're allowed to have fun and have friends. Communicate it. Let yeah. people know what you need. Let people help you. The thing that's cool is that like she is li- like on screen. Like one of the frames I really appreciate. It's Gwen smack dab in the middle and you have the secret warriors on the left side of the screen and the MJ is on the right side of the screen. And so like what that scene I think would normally be is a you must choose type of thing. But in this case, what it represents is like she's always putting herself in this lonely spot of being a singular person who 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 forces herself to rely only on herself 
And the reality is she's surrounded on both sides by two teams. Like she's got whole groups of people that are supporting her when she has been viewing herself as this like individual. Like it's very cool. I really like it. You can rely on your friends, kids. I love it. It's okay. I love it. Oh man. I didn't expect this much like character development in these specials because they have to be so self-contained. So I'm so pleased that like, if this does end up being sort of the last like Gwen centric thing in Marvel rising, like if it ends, this is a nice capper to her little arc throughout all of it. I feel like. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Cause yeah, if you didn't watch the, the ones we covered before, like, her introduction to the Secret Warriors is being like, no, I work alone. Like, <laughs> yeah. So for her to be a part of that team and to open up to them in such a way is like really, really a cool, cool character development arc. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's pretty much how it how it ends. They're you know they're they're all friends now. Everybody is cool with Gwen being Spider or a Ghost Spider on both sides, and Mary Jane's take the stage and rock the fuck out. Oh, and also Screaming Mimi does get her sort of like ironic poetic justice by learning that her band performed without her too. So all of her destruction was for naught anyway. Yeah, We're an instrumental outfit now. Yeah. (laughs) We don't really need your screaming over our good instrumentals. Thanks. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. So she has a terrible loss while the Mary Janes are just rocking the fuck out. And even Captain Stacy is able to just show up there in the back. And Gwen's very happy about seeing her dad show up to her uh her her band so or her band performance and everything's great and happy and they're performing the the theme song to marvel rising the born ready song mm-hmm. and it's a it's a it slaps and everything's great and fun and i it love it is the end. a bop yes it is it's all nice you know i i realized that the the theme song for marvel rising and the theme song for spectacular spider-man could actually be mashed up pretty well together. Oh, really? And I, I wish I had the ability, or I like, I wish I knew how to do that in a way that was not bad. Uh, but maybe I'll try to toy around with it because I do actually think you could mash them together pretty well. Nice, I like that. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't just overlay them; like, you'd still have to do shit to them. But mm-hmm. I think they would work well together, and I'd be interested to hear it. Well, cool. So, yeah. Well, cool. Two bops in one. Yeah. Hey, works for me. <laughs> couple of faces of the episode here i just like a face that scream mimi has towards the beginning of the episode when she's just like chastising the mary janes for being bad and talking about how great she is it's just a good (laughs) weird side smile thing that she does (laughs) she looks like a villain right (laughs) they don't even try to hide it it's just like you know you guys know it's there's she also kind of looks like a bitch character from like a scoop like i feel like you could put her in a scooby-doo movie as a bitch yeah Yeah. (laughs) and she would fit right in like i don't know why because i don't like this show isn't necessarily like you you probably could easily translate characters into a Scooby-Doo style like especially like a modern like the modern version of the characters but something about her specifically I feel like you could literally drop her into a movie and make like no changes and she would fit in just fine. That's so true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but you're right. I don't know if it's because she wears so much eye makeup that her eyes are are not the they're not as like anime inspired Maybe. as most of the characters. Yeah, yeah, I, I think know. you're right. 
I can't identify what it is, but I could see it. <laughs> I could see like a Scooby Doo Battle of the Bands movie that has the Hex Girls going up against like the Mimi design character. <laughs> there's gotta, there's gotta be. Is there, is there a Battle of the Bands Scooby Doo movie? I, I would be shocked. I think um, there is. I mean, I don't think it's a battle. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, there's been plenty where they go to concerts, like in yeah. many Scooby Doo iterations. But I don't know if there's ever explicitly hmm. been a Battle of the Bands that I can remember. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the point would be because like the the. Mystery Incorporated is not a band, so well they could be. I wouldn't <laughs> they could I mean... be. Why not? <laughs> just as easily as anybody else. Yeah, that's that's also a very Hanna Barbera thing to do is just make them a band. <laughs> so why not? And you could do cool crossovers with it. So why not? Yeah. The other thing that I grabbed isn't really so much a face of the episode as just like a hilarious detail. There's this guy that is rescued in the first disaster by Squirrel Girl, and I noticed him right off the bat. Because his hair is notable, it's like this this purple mohawk, but it's like it kind of I don't know. It's there's something about it that's different. It almost looks like a plush wig that he's wearing. But what's especially funny about the first interaction is that he is fully conscious, but he's like dragged out of the car by Squirrel Girl, and he just like stares at her while she's doing it. So I was like, that's really <laughs> funny. But then what I notice is that he reappears. In an entirely different disaster that Squirrel Girl also is at. Oh my god. So I am convinced that this dude is like clearly in love with Squirrel Girl and is trying to find disasters to be a part of <laughs> where he can be rescued by Squirrel Girl. Oh my god. And I, I love kind it. of live for it. I love it. I ship them. Right? He's just like, I just love her so much, and I want her to pull me out of a burning car. Because he's not, like, <laughs> causing the disasters. He's probably just he's finding one and then running there and pretending to be <laughs> in peril. Like, <laughs> Right, and he's not I – don't, I don't think he's being creepy. He just loves to be rescued by Squirrel Girl. Who wouldn't? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's, I'm, I, yeah. I, I, I headcanon it just fine. the reality of it is that he's just like obviously a background character model that they accidentally put in two places uh but it's i I, yeah i i would like to believe that this character is in love with squirrel girl cool i'm down with it as we all should be (laughs) that's adorable (laughs) (laughs) yeah well what'd you think that's fun that's fun that was really fun i think so too (laughs) yeah i would totally be up for at some point checking out the other ones and maybe doing like a spider bites on them or something like that. Yeah. Um, well, the thing yeah. is like the most regular characters are usually my favorite character. I mean, squirrel girls and everything and Ms. Marvel's and everything. And they're great. Yeah. So there's no reason not to, to watch these if you like the ones that we talked about. So yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for doing spider bites. Yeah. Um, some of these are longer than others. The, uh, the iron heart one is like 40 minutes. Oh wow. Like okay. Full hour long of television. Yeah, you know, that's still not that much. So like No, not not terrible. <laughs> not terrible at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, if you want to hear those future spider bites among others, you can check out check them out on our Patreon at patreon.com slash wallopingwebsnappers. Otherwise, if you'd like to find us individually, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4 Radio Network called Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast where, you guessed it, I talk about Pokemon with my co-host Kyle, just sort of as we feel like it. 
Derek, where can people find you and the things you are working on? Sure thing. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find me on YouTube under my video essay series, Second Chance, which looks at bad or divisive media. But instead of looking at it from like a nerd rage perspective or a ranty perspective, I look at it from a positive lens and look at it analytically and academically. So you can check me out there. Also, don't forget to check out Derek's Donuts, where I sell great vegan donuts, and they're all as cleverly Mm. named as that uh that that place is named because you know Derek's donuts is definitely the best that I could that I could come up with but if you're looking for all things walloping web snappers check out our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com you can also follow us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at walloping web pod or we'd love you to email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Any type of thoughts you have or recommendations or things that you're excited to see us cover or like weird oddities like like this that maybe we're not super aware of uh, that has spider people in it that you'd like to hear us talk about. So let us know. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. And we will do a dramatic reading of it on our social media if you give us a rating uh, with a review. Next week... We're going to venture into the 1981 series for a little bit with the premiere episode, Bubble, Bubble, Oil, and Trouble. Ooh la la. (laughs) Can't wait to meet the oil monster. Sure. We'll see. Bye. Ready, set, time to be a fighter. Don't look down keep on climbing higher be yourself cause you're shining different ways and when your voice can't make a sound just know we hear you all around don't need to fit into the crowd to be a force of nature we're gonna be we're gonna be we're gonna be the best they're gonna see they're gonna see that we were born for this so if The original air date for this was August 28th, uh, 19, no, nope, August 28th, 28, oh my god, okay, I'm going to take that again. (laughs) Ultimately, like, it's a crane falling, so they all, Lord Almighty. (laughs) It's a Tuesday. Is it the same guy, like, rounding the block over and over again? I don't know. 
you almost have to work a little bit harder to like make the conflicts around them. Oh. Derek, we bleh. Derek, we're oh my god. <laughs> Derek, where can people find now I'm laughing at the beginning of that one, so I fucked it up again.